Hello, this is Rebel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. My guest today is raw food coach and former managing director of The Fresh Network and founder of Get Fresh Magazine, Karen Noller. Welcome, Karen. Hi, Rebel. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be here and calling back a few times to get us situated. No problem. (laughs) Okay, for timeline clarity, today is June 17th, 2008, so don't be confused by events mentioned on this program. This is 2008, June 17th. Karen, I don't know a whole lot about you, and for others who don't, what, what is your background like? What did you eat at one time, as a child, did you grow up on uh, healthily, or did you eat uh, the, the usual SAD? Uh, well, yeah, I was at the other end of the spectrum to where I am today, so I grew up eating very unhealthily. My parents weren't into nutrition at all, and then um, when I was six, my parents split up. My mother and father both remarried, and my mother remarried a butcher, and um, one of his dreams, dare I say it, was to own his own shop which he did when I was 12. Mm -hmm. And so I spent uh, two or three years of my teens working in a butcher shop. So um, not something I look back with glee or pride upon by a long measure. Um, But nonetheless, I can definitely say that it contributed to me kind of turning out how I have today because, of course, I got a first-hand look at the meat industry very close up. Um, and it definitely informed me in a way that perhaps no other experience could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by handling the meat so consistently and regularly, it it really got me thinking because no one in my family was vegetarian or anywhere near vegetarian. And so for me to start having kind of thoughts around, mm, does this really feel right to me, et cetera, et cetera, it was the first time I think anyone in my whole family, probably going way back in the family tree, had ever considered that eating meat might not be a good option. Um, now, that that whole kind of thought process sat with me between the age of 15 and 19. And when I left home at 19 and went to live in London, it was then that I gave up meat and then I gave up fish shortly after. How long after that did you tell your parents? Well, probably right away, to be honest, because um, my mother and my stepfather actually split up, so that was one of the reasons why I left home. Um, and so my stepfather then was kind of gone from the picture. And and my mother, I don't know, I think she thought it was a bit strange, but she, she didn't get too vocal about it, which was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, my father and my stepmother were a bit more vocal. I think they thought I had some kind of eating disorder going on um, because I was young, and, you know, young girls tend to flit about with dieting and so forth and and weight had been one of my issues growing up Um, but you know all the reasons that most people go raw and stay raw were true for me way back at the beginning where it was just this kind of inner knowing that I was onto something and it was something very different very special um, and something that yes was different to the norm but but had a kind of a truth and strength about it that no other way of eating ever had or ever could. Karen, what phases did you go through from giving up meat and chicken to coming to raw? Did you go through other various diets like macrobiotics or any of those or just vegetarian, vegan, raw? How how, how did you get there? Yeah, it was pretty much the latter. It was quite straightforward. Um, The meat went first. The fish went eight months later. And I went vegan um, fairly shortly after that. It was just kind of rolling into this process. Um, 
And I read a book called War Energy by Leslie Kenton, which was the book that changed everything for me. Um, and that was in the spring of 93. And as soon as I, I got introduced to the concept of live food versus cooked or dead food, that was when it really all changed for me. And, and from then on, it, it was never about being in a food genre or anything. It was definitely about whether the food was, was live or not. Mm-hmm. And did you go through any detox at all? I did, although um, it's quite hard to remember, to be honest, because it, it's a long time ago now. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do know that for me, personally, most of my detox was emotional. Um, I did have some quite strong physical detoxes, but actually they came further down the line, maybe five or six years in. Um, and one in particular was, was so profound and strong that, you know, it was like... <laughs> someone had been saving them all up for me um but but mostly it was the emotional detox that really um upset me in every kind of way because I just didn't expect it and I didn't even know what it was when it hit so that's why I now coach because that seems to be one of the biggest if not the biggest stumbling blocks of people going and staying raw Yes, absolutely. I, I think people don't expect it. It's it's a surprise, and the question always is, is this detox? And, and it's like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But w- w- what can people expect through, say, a, a, an emotional one, and knowing not everybody is going to have it, as, as not everybody is going to have the same physical detoxification effects, what, what are the most common that you've found? Let, let's try it that way. Yeah. Well, usually it starts, starts off quite subtly where people just find themselves cleaning their house a lot and decluttering and getting into feng shui and and basically cleaning up their act externally. Um, So things often just, you know, they start very subtly underneath and people don't consciously recognize there's anything going on, but it does start to manifest externally. Um, And then when they've done all that, the process kind of returns to the internal again and, and they may find themselves addressing issues that they've kind of swept under the carpet for many, many years. And it might be unresolved relationship issues or um, just things that they want to clear up, which could could be related to any area of their life at all. It might be wanting to get to the bottom of certain questions that they'd never found the answer to. Um, it, it basically becomes this process of, of desperately cloying for um, integrity on every level. And... And when it first shows up, people just don't have the language or the understanding of what it is. It, it seems just kind of strange, but of course it, it seems very real nonetheless. Um, and that's why I'm quite passionate about letting people know that this is all very normal and and just to roll with it because essentially, just as the physical body pushes out physical toxins, the emotional body will push out emotional toxins. And when we go through a range of emotions or a range of questions or a range of searching, Often it's things actually leaving our energetic emotional field rather than coming in. And and that's a very important distinction to make because often with the physical detox, people go, oh, I'm eating all this fruit and suddenly I've got all these pimples and the fruit's giving me pimples. When, of course, we know that actually it's, it's the stuff in the body that's creating the pimples and the fruit is just serving to push it out. So it's not, it's not creating the pimples directly. It's just... Um, affecting the inner state of the body and then what that can push out and has the vitality to do. And it's exactly the same emotionally where things that we didn't have the energetic capabilities of handling before, they can now be ejected because because our whole energy is becoming so much stronger. 
And I've, I've seen on forums where people will say, well, if you want to lessen the effects of the detox, whether it's mental or spiritual, emotional, physical, to eat cooked food, do you recommend that at all? <laughs> well, it definitely works. Yeah, it does. For sure. <laughs> it definitely works. And, you know, because of being a coach and prior to that, as you mentioned, running the Fresh Network, I, I can't even begin to think how many people I've spoken to over the years, but, but what I do know is that everyone is different, and that's not just physically but emotionally. And while some people can just breathe straight through the physical and the emotional, other people really, really struggle, and they go round and round and round and round in circles. And, and for the latter group of people, it, it's really a, a case of knowing how best to work with them on an individual basis and whether you know the boot camp approach is most appropriate they just need a kick in the butt and say come on get on with it or or whether it's a bit more TLC where it's recognizing actually this individual has a whole raft of staff to get through and they need to temper it in a way that that works for them so they can go about their everyday life and not fall apart at the seams mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> you know it's really important I think I really fell into the latter category because um, you know, I've always been quite a deep person anyway, and uh, and a lot of the stuff um, that, you know, I was very sensitive to in childhood had been buried under a mound of uh, fries and burgers and stuff over the years. And as I was detoxing physically, all these things that I'd buried emotionally were coming up. And, you know, also it depends on where someone's at in their life, because if they're going through another kind of transition, whether it's getting married or divorced or starting a new job or being made redundant or any of those life changes that happens to us all, um, then that can also play a big part. And that's not to be underestimated either because sometimes it's simply too much for someone to take on that level of detoxification when they're going through a challenging point in their life. Yeah. Okay, we'll be right back with The Raw Food Coach, Karen Nowler. Her uh, website is the raw food coach, T-H-E, raw food coach, all one word, dot com. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Revel. Welcome back to Rockin' Radio. Please take the time to check out my websites, revelations.com, where you can sign up for my weekly revelations. When you do, you'll receive my latest ebook, 10 Most Asked questions about raw foods find out about my teleclasses or my books revolutionize your life in 30 days a self-empowering playbook and smoothies and smoothies for life and also books i recommend from amazon and more to find my podcasts including this one you can go to revel that's r-e-v-v-e-l-l two v's as in victory e-l-l.com and uh, we're also working on Raw Retreat, where we'll be listing all places you can find Raw Retreats, other Raw Happenings products, and more. Uh, MySpace.com forward slash Rockin' Radio. Please sign up as a friend. Uh, my guest today is Raw Food Coach and former Managing Director of The Fresh Network and founder of Get Fresh Magazine, Karen Noller. Uh, welcome back, Karen. Hi, Revel. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. We were talking about, uh, well, you know what we're talking about. It's already in the first section, so we don't need to talk about that. Um, how do you feel about sun? Everybody's talking about sun now. When you mentioned how when you eat fruit, mm-hmm. um, it's not the fruit that's causing the problem. It's what's inside the body. And um, I feel the same way about this ease in sun, that it's not the sun causing the problem. What, mm-hmm. what are your feelings on this? Yeah, I- 
Intuitively, you know, I feel the sun is a good thing in moderation. I think our body um, definitely responds, and we, we can see that clearly when it's had too much. And it's been interesting over the years as I've, you know, moved my way through raw food to see the different beliefs and philosophies that people have. And it's nice to see a different set of beliefs and philosophies compared to the traditional, which, you know, basically says the sun is evil, stay out, you know, or slap yourself in suntan lotion, etc. <laughs> For me, I, I just think it's it's kind of a middle way. It's recognizing that the sun is incredibly powerful and our body, as I said a minute ago, will tell us when we've had enough. I don't think more is better necessarily. And it, I guess it's like overeating. You know, you could have the best fruit in the world, but if you eat too much of it, you're just not going to feel great. Um, and I I think it's it's just interesting that these days there is more skin cancer and so on around. And one of the philosophies that I've heard over the years that, that was interesting to me and I'm still pondering on it is the fact that most of us have eaten a lot of cooked fats through our lifetime and that when the sun reacts with our skin it's dare I say it, effectively cooking that fat which I dread to think um, but I know that that's always stuck in my mind as being something particularly interesting and I'm not sure if I <laughs> If I want to pursue that thought for too much longer, I'm just glad that I've been eating raw fats for so long. Well, I, I, that's, a, that's a new one for me. My, my understanding is um, I, I uh, have heard of Dr. Christopher, who was a herbalist from a long time ago, and people coming to him who have skin cancer, and people say, well, it's from being in the sun, but the problem is it's, it's not where the sun shines. And he would tell them to go out in the sun because the, cancer draw, or the sun draws the cancer out of the body and to the skin surface to heal. Mm. Now, I don't know whether that's true or not, you know, but there's, there's a lot of different things. But I know I've been in the sun a lot and don't have this issue. Um, you have a child. Mm-hmm. Has your child always been raw? How old is your child now? He is five and a half, and he he isn't actually a raw food kid. He's vegetarian. Um, he was raw until he was about one, um, and then for a number of reasons, we decided that, that we would put him to vegetarian. We felt that was a kind of middle path for him to tread. Um, and, you know, he's not a vegetarian, as in, you know, eating junk vegetarian foods. He eats very, very healthily, and he's, he's super aware of what's healthy and what's not. Um, Interestingly, I suppose, we have avoided using the word raw in front of him that much um, on purpose because I just didn't want him to grow up looking at everything black and white. Um, I think in the past I've seen other children who, who you know, get quite dogmatic without really understanding what they're necessarily talking about, especially young children, saying, oh, that's raw, that's cooked, that's good, that's bad. And, you know, my personal philosophy is, is that... Every food has a different energy to it, and I don't like labeling foods good or bad. Healthy and unhealthy, I'm, I'm happy to do, but good and bad, not so much, because people have so much emotion and dogma tied up in food that it's, a, it's enough of a conundrum as it is. Um, and so I felt that with Luke being as young as he is, we'll start with the unhealthy, healthy words. And then as he gets older and his comprehension of what food is about expands, then we can start to talk more about the live concept. Do you, is this because of schooling? Is, are you going to homeschool or do you homeschool? No, I don't homeschool, and it is something I've considered many a time. Um, 
he's at mainstream school at the moment and we're looking to put him into spina school in the next year or so. The school that we want to get him into is, is completely full. Um, but I guess to a point I've looked back at my own childhood and recognised that um, if my parents had tried to put me on a raw food diet, I think I would have completely freaked out. Um, because I was already quite picky about food. I wouldn't eat any vegetables at all, apart from potatoes and mushrooms. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I seriously, I, I wrote an article about this for Get Fresh recently, and I, and I shared the story that if someone would try and put a few peas on my fork, I would, I would gag and, and just not want to know. Um, and I just didn't want to um, put a huge load of kind of heaviness around food for Luke. I wanted him to find his own way with food, because I found that for myself, by having the freedom to find my own way with food, it did come good. Um, and I really do think that if my parents had, had kind of forced me to eat a certain way as a kid, that it would have built up a whole load of stuff around food that perhaps I would still be carrying to this day. Um, raw food may not have been the, the path that I took because of it. Um, it's a very interesting subject, and I know that that people in the raw food movement, you know, have such varied opinions about what to do with kids. And um, Luke's father and I just decided between us that we felt we wanted to tread a middle path with him um, so that he did grow up in a, in a very kind of um, relaxed kind of way with food to a point. I mean, he, he knows certain things are outside the guidelines and he's totally cool with that. Um, but we want him to just, you know, be a kid and be like a kid and not be too hung up on that kind of thing. So if we were living in a different environment, of course, it would probably be different. Um, but, you know, he knows no raw food kids at all. So it's a, it's a personal choice, I think, for it, for everyone. Well, it seems like it would make, like you say, a much more relaxed atmosphere for him to be able to go to school and be able to at least have some choice in food. Mm. And, uh, I mean, that, that makes so total sense to me. Makes well, total sense. I think the thing is, I, I have seen um, a few raw food kids over the years, and not many, um, but I just felt that um, in terms of the history of raw food, there's not been as much research done on raw food kids as, as I would like there to have been. And that's no one's fault, because we're all pioneers. Any of us that are talking about raw food at this particular point in history are pioneers or new pioneers. <laughs> For this era um, and the thing is it's very personal because when you have a child you just well for me speaking personally I didn't want to feel like Luke was a bit of a guinea pig for that um, I just wanted to tread that middle path and up the raw food as he got older um, yes of course he had a ton of raw food when he was younger and he still has a large percentage but Again, I think, as I said, with adults, when you're coaching them, it's recognizing that everyone has different emotional makeup. Um, and Luke is actually, he's very, he's very loud at home, but at school, he's very, very quiet. And, you know, taking all that into account as well, I feel that if he was eating radically differently from the other kids and there was nothing in his lunchbox that resembled any other kids, I think potentially that could make him go even more introverted and I wouldn't want that for him. No, I understand. Yeah, I uh, I grew up in a meat and potatoes family myself. When my mother started heading towards um, more natural foods as much as she could in those days, this was uh, uh, eighty years ago. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could wow. have been 80. I mean, no, she, was, she started getting into it when she was in her 50s, I guess. And she died at the age of 94. Wow. And um, I wasn't much interested in it because all I wanted to eat was, was the salad and the mayonnaise at the end of the meal and eat the fat off the bone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, because she didn't really push us that much, although she didn't make a lot of food, uh, really good food for us, uh, what we call good food now. Mm. But um, when I started having problems in my 20s, I looked back mm. at the healthier aspects, and that's the way I turned naturally. And so I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, if you, if you push something on somebody and you kind of say this is the way it is, then they will rebel, which I did when my teens, but in my 20s I started looking at, wow, what really made a difference back then when I was feeling better? Mm. Yeah. And that, yeah, that really does seem to be a pattern that I've heard a lot because I've heard of kids that were brought up, not necessarily on raw food, but vegan perhaps, mm-hmm. um, and then sneaking things when their parents weren't looking or at friends' houses and stuff. Yeah. And I just, I wouldn't want Luke to feel that there was this whole kind of secrecy, naughty thing going on. So I try and remove the charge from food and just, you know, that's healthy, that's unhealthy. And, you know, he's funny because he'll even walk into, we have a store over here in England called Holland and Barrett. And it's it's kind of known as a health food shop, but that's a bit tongue-in-cheek, really, because it's mostly pills and powders and stuff. Right. Um, but he will walk in there when I say you can go and get, like, a snack bar or something. And he knows from all the snack bars there that there's only about two or three that genuinely are healthy that don't have sugar in. And he, he will walk in and write out loud, go, that's not healthy, that's not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I think, well, he's, he's streets ahead of probably any other kid in our city and um i'm happy with that for now you know yeah i'm happy with that for now we'll sure. see yeah all right we'll be back in a moment with karen noller the rawfoodcoach.com hi and welcome back to rockin radio i'm revel Revity. And this segment is brought to you by MyPodcastExpert.com, where they offer free teleclasses and paid webinars so you can learn how to do what I do for minimal cost. Please check out MyPodcastExpert.com and tell them you heard about them from Revel on Rockin' Radio. Check out my other website, CafePress.com slash Revelations, R-E-2-V's as a victory, E-L-L-A-T-I-O-N-S. You'll find some really cute t-shirts and mugs, miscellaneous other things. And your purchase of those do keep this program on the air. This segment is also brought to you by Raw Spirit Festival. Uh, Karen will be there. I will be there. Come discover ancient wisdom and the latest findings from the greatest minds in healthy eco-living. You can find the link on Rockin' Radio. My guest today is uh, Karen Noller. Of uh, She's a raw food coach, but she just told me when we were off, the, off air that she is doing raw coach training, and you can also go to rawcoachtraining.com. Karen, tell us a little bit about that. What's that involved? Uh, well, the raw coach trainings have been running um, a year now, and basically it's a six-day residential retreat here in England, although people have literally flown from all over the world. Um, I've got a woman coming from Australia, for the, well, one for the next training and one for the next training after that, and I've had many people from the States already. Um, and basically, it's, it's me training individuals to um, learn the ins and outs of the raw food journey so that they can coach over the phone. I teach them how to run a raw food class so that they can either teach mine or design their own. Um, 
And also I teach them all the ins and outs of building a business online because, as you probably know, you can have the greatest ideas in the world, but if you don't know how to share them with the world in an effective and attractive way, then uh, you could be lost in the sand. So it's a pretty comprehensive training. We do pack a lot in, um, and they're they're totally life-changing and probably the most favorite thing of all that I do. Oh, that's fun. You travel a lot, yeah? Fair amount, yeah. Hmm. How do you stay raw? <laughs> um, planning, really. Uh, sometimes if I'm flying, I'll choose to fast for the trip um, because I just find that it, it helps me stay fresh and light and all the rest of it because you're not moving around a lot on a plane and I think that's one of the worst things about flying. Um, I've just got back from a trip to Tucson, Arizona and you know I changed. I did two flights and it it was just horrible being so cramped up and so the last thing you want is heavy cooked food on top of it um so the the interesting thing about my diet is that as i think is quite common it's just got lighter and lighter over the years and so now you know i eat very very simply and very basically and i suppose a lot of people new to raw food might find it not that exciting um <laughs> but i do find now that the gourmet stuff just doesn't cut it for me at all um so really i i keep keep things very simple um the thing that i was attending in tucson recently thankfully that was fully catered and they were very accommodating with the raw food um and then if i'm traveling i'll, I'll mostly take fruit the odd dried fruit and nut kind of thing but again that's quite clogging so i keep it as light as i can and just <laughs> head for the nearest health food shop when i arrive well, I found that people try to transition. You're talking about eating simply, and I, I found that a lot of people go from the SAD food program and even standard American diet, and then even um, coming from a cooked vegetarian, uh, sometimes junk food diet, and they try to go very simply, and they immediately they can't hang with it because they're just not filled and mm-hmm. I, I find a lot of them will be okay all day. They can eat, drink smoothies, eat fruit all day. And, and then in the evenings, they have a problem staying raw. Do you have any suggestions for them? Well, I think, I think first of all, I mean, number one rule of coaching is start with where you're at. And that means complete honesty. And it's recognizing that it's important to get clear on how much of it is physiological and how much of it is psychological. Um, so just to address the physiological thing first, in the early days, absolutely, we're, we're used to eating heavy, dense foods and our stomach kind of finds it quite interesting, shall we say, to suddenly on one level feel totally satiated and on the other level feel what feels empty compared to what we're used to. Um, and I found there was definitely a period of time where I, I would do exactly as you said, I would eat raw all day and I'd get home and I'd, I'd just want something heavier. It was just as simple as that. Um, and it's just, it's just being with that, I think, and recognizing that that will pass as the diet continues to lighten up and the person shifts physiologically. But it's important when you have those cooked evening meals to keep the cooked parts as um, whole and healthy as you possibly can. So for me, because I'd gone pretty much vegan or veggie, at least at that point, most of my cooked stuff was carbs and it was potatoes, um, sprouted wheat bread, uh, pasta, rice, that kind of thing. 
Um, and that, that worked fine for me because I actually felt fantastic on that because I was drinking juices and doing spirulina and all kinds of stuff, and I felt a million dollars. So a lot of people, you know, find that a high raw diet, say three quarters, is perfectly fine, both short-term and long-term. It doesn't have to be necessarily about going all the way. Um, as far as the psychological aspect goes, the evening time is a very interesting time of day because it's the time where most people have been at work all day, they come home and they go, what's next? And I think I speak probably for most of the Western culture here when most homes they do their TV dinner thing and it's TV for the rest of the night because they don't know what else to do. And one of the things about transitioning to raw food is that suddenly... At night time, you have all this energy that you didn't have before, and sitting in front of the TV is just, well, it just doesn't cut the mustard, <laughs> if that's a saying that you have as well as us. Yes, we do. Oh, good. And, um, you know, it's just kind of finding yourself getting all twitchy. I remember this well myself, where I'd think, actually, you know, this TV thing just isn't working for me anymore. I want to be doing something, but I don't know what. And for the first few weeks or months I distinctly remember that because I just didn't know what to do with my time I would just go and eat some more um, ah, okay that that <laughs> clears up a lot of questions I think for a lot of people I mean that's that's definitely an answer there oh good okay yeah, yeah. that, that uh, you know you're feeling uh, maybe anx- anxious or anxiety and you're also feeling like you're twitchy you got more energy so what do you mm-hmm. do you, you do what what you normally do yeah, and, and the other thing that I really must mention is that in line with the emotional detox that we spoke about earlier, it's the time of day where people suddenly have the space to breathe and hear what needs to be heard. And if they don't want to face up to something that's going on for them, either internally or externally, then that again is going to be a drive to eat because they're going to want to suppress the emotion that's trying to come up. Ooh, that's a very important point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're going to do what we're, we're used to doing instead of... What would you suggest they do instead? Well, again, it, it's acknowledging who they are and what works for them, what approach, and it's recognizing that emotion is trying to come up and creating a space, a safe space, where they can deal with that. And for me, um, the approach that I took when all this was happening for me was to journal extensively. Um, and practically every night you would find me with a pen and a notebook just writing out my feelings and, and getting them out of my body and onto paper. Um, you know, and what I just said basically is my interpretation of what happens. I literally feel that when you are letting go of emotions, they come out of your heart, they move to your throat, and if you can't speak them, then you can channel them across your shoulder, down your arm, out of your hand and down the pen onto paper to literally detoxify your emotions out of your physical and energetic body. Yeah, the other thing I, I tend to do is go for a walk. Yeah. And th- that, for me, clears up a lot of things because I, I will be running tapes in my head or whatever, and then it opens up space. But like you say, for me, it's nice to have a, uh, a recorder, a little pocket recorder. Mm. And so I can just... And I'll never have to listen to what I say. I just need to get it out of my mouth. Yeah, and it's great that you can do that because I think a lot of people have have big problems actually verbalizing their feelings, and I was definitely one of those. Yeah, I wouldn't say it made sense. (laughs) (laughs) But at least it came out. It came out and whatever. (laughs) Karen, I thank you for taking so much time. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. All right, rawcoachtraining.com. Um, theRawFoodCoach.com. When's your next training? My next training is in October in England. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, October the when? October the 12th through the 17th. Okay, October 12th through the 17th in England with Karen Noller. This is 2008, because <laughs> so, this is going to be archived for quite some time. Okay. And we're not going to eliminate all these, all these timeline things. So if you're up for that, and a lot of people will be listening to this over the next few months. I, I keep hearing people say, oh, I'm listening to this, and I'm listening to that, that you did. And I'm like, wow, that's a year ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you so much. Don't go away. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at Spill Your Beans at Rockin' Radio. My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity saying, remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now.